0: Download it today at the Apple App Store or Google Play. Hunt stand. Upgrade your arsenal.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And today's episode is is about finding unpressured public land in Ohio. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. But before we get into that, I wanna talk about our sponsor, Maston's Deer Sense. So I know a lot of people this time of year you start getting into late summer people start running their their mock scrapes. They start setting that stuff up late summer, starting to, you know, get into antlers hardening off and getting into that, you know, early fall late summer, so it's a good time to be thinking about scent and in particular mock scrapes. Mastin's can help can help you out with that. They've got their their scent dripper systems that use their are liquid scent bottles they go right into them they've got all kinds of different liquid scents that you could run in there as well as lots of other scent products that you can use to get deer in front of your cameras to get deer in front of your stand so check them out go to mastinsdeersense.com browse around see what they have to offer pick out what you like and you order straight from them and they'll ship it right to your house so with that Let's get into our conversation this week about finding unpressured public land in Ohio. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? all right so today we're talking about public land as you know we hunt public land if you've listened to the show for any length of time and this one i i'm honestly a little hesitant on this one because it's kind of divulging some of our secrets but you know if it uh if it helps other people then i guess it's worth it so what we're specifically talking about is how to find or or how we f- go about finding less crowded public land. So there's a few things that that I know come to the top of my head, and, and Jeff, you may have uh, a few other things as well. It's just Jeff and I today. Uh, Jacob had another commitment, so it's just going to be Jeff and I. And yeah, we're going to talk about how to find less crowded land. So I guess to start, I mean... Anybody that's looking for for public land, there's, you know, always the old adage of go farther, go deeper, go places where other people aren't willing to go. And, you know, some of that, like, it it gets a little, and Jeff, I don't know if you feel this way, but it, like, it gets repeated so much in, like, dedicated whitetail hunting circles that you know there's a part of me that feels like and maybe it maybe it's the the circles you run in into but you know like if everybody's listening to the same media and everybody's saying go farther go deeper go places where other people aren't willing to go well then that's right. where everybody ends up <laughs> ends right. up right um yeah.
2: I've definitely in the past seen guys dragging, you know, small bucks from deep inside Nash, national forest. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, well, if that's what you were looking for, like you could have just went right offside, you know, you could have went, you know, a hundred yards off the road and yeah. found that.
1: And and you know, too, so- there's a there's a what-you-want-out-of-the-hunt element to this, too, right? I mean, some some people want that challenge, that work. I hiked all the way in there, I drugged this deer all the way out, you know, like... And so that, you know, there's an element of that as well. Right, right. But I think uh, it's... I mean, yes, you hear, you know... Uh, like I said, the old adage of go farther, go deeper, go places that other people aren't willing to go. And if we're honest with us, with ourselves, you know, there, you know, even though you hear that, there's there's a lot of people that probably hear that, and you know, they they might think they're going farther, but but really, like, they're just kind of scratching the surface. And in some of the cases, and this will kind of lead into some of my other thoughts on on places to go, but like there's a lot of places in in Ohio where, you you know, you're just not talking about like giant tracts of public land. So, you know, going, quote, farther isn't, you know, really that far. You you could just be accessing it from the other side or it butts up to private. And so, yeah, the public access is, you know, it's far from the public access, but it's not so far from all these private properties. You know, I mean, you run into issues like that <clears throat> to where maybe it feels like you're going far. Or the other thing that I've done is like, you know, in order to access this quote, the right way with the wind and, and you know, um, I know that there's some thick areas here that I need to loop way out and around because it, you know, deer bed in there or whatever. Like, it may not be that far from the road, but what I feel is like the right way to get in there is maybe a a, a pretty circuitous route. And <clears throat> on public, you know, you run into issues with if it's if it's. You're you're trying to you know maybe quote do it the right way, and you have other people just walking straight up the hill through the stuff you were planning to hunt. So that's where, even though you you went a long way, if it's still close to the road, there's there's chances of uh, people messing up your hunt. I guess.
2: So, yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Yeah, and I would also agree with the fact that yeah, in some places in Ohio it's going deeper going further isn't necessarily an option like there the the public lands just not that big right you know, you know it it might be uh you know a mile square you know a square mile but that's still you know not far really i mean, right. I mean you walk a half mile in that's in the yeah. grand scheme of things, not a long, you know, especially if half that's ag field.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, to, cause I kind of, <laughs> I kind of rambled off a, a few different directions there. So I think in some cases, yes, going farther or it, it may not necessarily be farther, but if, You know, if, if the way to get there is steep, you know, I mean, I'm thinking of some spots where, where we hunt, where, you know, it's, it's a haul up to the top of the hill and, you know, yeah, young and spry, maybe not that big of a deal, uh, but not everybody that hunts is, uh, young and spry and willing to walk up that hill, you know. Um, so I think keep those things in mind, especially if you,
2: not carrying a tree stand,
1: right? Yeah. So I think if you, if you can get farther from the road, I mean, there's a reason everybody says that, right? It's worth checking out. Keep in mind though, too, you, you gotta be where the deer are, right? I mean, just because you're farther off the road doesn't necessarily mean that you're in a better spot. So don't, don't throw out your your hunting skills or, you know, your woodsmanship just because you want to get away from people. And, it, you know, I mean, you know what I'm saying, Jeff?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, being far away from the road is nice, but if it's not good deer habitat, it's, it's not good deer habitat,
1: you know? Right. Yeah, so... So getting away from the road or getting in a spot that maybe is close to the road, but it's, you know, I'm thinking terrain, right? There's some sort of terrain feature that it makes it hard to get to this spot, assuming it's good deer habitat, but it just so happens to be close to the road. Does that kind of summarize that one up (laughs) halfway decent, you think there, Jeff?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think kind of to summarize, it's, you know, getting further, deeper is is good, but it, it's the same idea that everyone has, and, and sometimes that's not the best option.
1: Right. Okay, so uh, what do you got? Do you, do you have a, a next tip that flows well out of that one, or or should I continue on?
2: Well, I'll I'll go with one that kind of flows with that one um, because it's a good tip, but it's not a tip to live and die by, which is, yeah, if it's hard to get in, a lot of people will pass up that place. You know, if you have to walk through 100 yards of briar thicket to get in or have to cross water of any sort, I mean... I've seen pretty small creeks deter people from going somewhere. Yeah. Um, obviously, the more of a deterrent that path is, the better. You know, if it's walking up a cliff face, you know, less people are going to do that. If it's crossing a creek that, you know, requires waders or a boat, less people are going to do that. Um, So that's kind of that kind of piggybacks off that one a little bit that like Mm -hmm. like, that is a good, good option, but don't live and die by it. Don't, you know, especially if someone sees you crossing that water with a boat, you know, to go hunt somewhere, uh, they might get the same idea.
1: Yeah. So a little a little different. Look or thought on this is and we've mentioned this in the past but it's it's sort of limited public access right so look for what i mean by that is your your county park district or like your your local park district if they have a a lottery hunt odds are it's going to be a lottery hunt but inherently if you can find one of these and it probably is going to take some phone calls or some emails to somebody in the park district because you know the park district has a lot of different uh, uh, interests you know and so uh, you know a lot of times
2: a lot of different
1: users yeah yes there you go and so a lot of times people that are paying attention to the park are not hunting people right they're they're bird watchers they want to use the trails for recreation they want to see you know some wildlife they're they're not at all thinking hunting and you know the park districts have to toe a fine line in using hunting as a tool and not upsetting the other user groups so all that to say you're, there's a good chance you're probably not going to find lottery hunt information on park hunts easily available on their website. I'm thinking okay. one of the parks, one of the, the county park districts that, that we apply for, it is on a website, <clears throat> but it's not a, like a, a public facing Website. You have to know the URL in order to get there. There's no way to browse around the main park's website and find a link that takes you to information on the park hunt. You've got to know the URL. So that comes from a phone call or an email to the park district, inquiring about any kind of uh, you know a lottery hunt to you know on on park property, and then you know you get the <laughs> the insider info i guess you, i guess you'd say and so th- these can be a good way of like i said it's 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 public in that anybody can apply but not anybody usually these these county park hunts you have to be a resident of the county to apply so it limits the the number of people applying like i said they're they're typically not well advertised so, you know, even if there is a lot of hunters in your county, there's a good chance a bunch of them don't know about it. So, it limits the pool of people again. And then it's a lottery system. So, you and or your group that you pick if you get drawn, you know, the group that you pick to hunt with you, if if that's how the park district runs their lottery hunt, are the only ones allowed on this specific piece of park property during your allotted month, month and a half, however they break up the seasons, the hunts. And so, you know, you you shouldn't, that's not to say that you won't, <laughs> but you shouldn't be running into anybody else on one of these hunts, you know, and it's allocated to you and... I guess for all the reasons there that I went through, right? It's a limited pool of people. It's not, they're not well-known. It is a form of yeah. public hunting, but the pool of people available or or attempting to hunt that, and then once drawn, the, the pool of people that are allowed to be on there is just you and the group of people that you've selected.
2: Right, right. <clears throat> for the sake of transparency, though, I don't think we've ever been drawn for a county park hunt and not not seen other people utilizing the land, and you know, not had people walk up on us or at least catch them on trail camera.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> well, the. Yeah, I mean, we had We had a guy walking his dog the one year on like there was a gas line cut that went through the one property and we got pictures of him. What was on the, trying to think the year before that, who did, did we run the, into anybody on that one? There was railroad
2: tracks that ran through the property. The, it was like
1: the boundary though. Right?
2: Yeah. Yes. Um, there was also someone who was cutting across that property with their horse, um, which they weren't supposed
1: to be doing. Yeah. Oh
2: and then there was cross country runners
1: who oh that's right
2: <clears throat> ran up saw our cameras played with them a little bit ran away
1: yeah yeah so keep that kind of stuff in mind right it, it it's probably not going to be other hunters you're running into but you you will most likely be in relatively close proximity to Houses, you know, publicly accessible parts of the park, you know, the the hunts that we've participated in, the areas that you're allowed to hunt are not areas of the park that are open to the public. Like just for, you know, recreating, walking your dog, you know, running, whatever, but they butt up to publicly accessible parts of the park. So, you know, there's bound to be people crossing the line you know that they you know in all likelihood probably don't know exist but it's not other hunting pressure i I guess that you're you're having to deal with there so what else you got jeff
2: well kind of this is just a a broad kind of tip um there seems to be a in my opinion and (coughs) excuse me a hierarchy to uh pressure of public land in Ohio, you know, uh, wildlife areas. If it has the title of wildlife area, you know, it's usually the most pressured. Uh, then state forests are, you know, kind of amongst, you know, is the next tier, um, and state forests and then, like, well known ar- areas of the national forest. You know, uh, the areas that have the big signs basically that say, you know, welcome to the Wayne National Forest. Yeah. You know, those areas are kind of the next most pressured. Um, To kind of get to the lesser pre- pressured areas, you know, the. The county public land, you know, some counties have public land, um, you know. Some of its own, you know, owned by park systems and it's just publicly accessible. Um and then the like lesser known areas of the Wayne National Forest. Yeah, basically areas of the Wayne National Forest that unless you have a map that tells you it's Wayne National Forest, there's nothing to tell you it's Wayne National Forest. You know right. there, there isn't a sign on a tree. Um, there isn't, you know, a roadside sign. Uh, half the time, you probably will see no trespassing signs on it because someone has put them up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, we've ran into that quite a bit. So yep, that's kind of just a a general tip of like where to look and what areas potentially to to go to to get less pressured hunting.
1: Yeah. We need to pause here real quick and talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. Monster Whitetail Grub is an Ohio deer feed company. And I say Ohio deer feed company because they're based right here in Ohio. And they source all of their ingredients and and even their packaging from Ohio. So their slogan is deer feed the Ohio way. That's why. They're an Ohio company sourcing their products from Ohio. So I really like that. That fits really well with our our brand and our message we're all about ohio so check them out they've got everything that you would need for deer feed they've got their signature monster tail grub feed they've got flavored corn they've got straight mineral all kinds of different additives that you can customize the feed with so check them out go to ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors and there you'll find a link to get in touch with them browse what they have You can see what retail locations they they have their product in. They're getting their their product in more and more retail locations and order some of their stuff and try it out this fall. So with that, let's get back into the conversation. Yeah, I was going to like that kind of fits in with my sort of my third tip, I guess. And that might might be my final tip. I don't know. But like and it kind of goes against the go farther, go deeper. But to Jeff's point, if you can find kind of these broken up because the, the big, huge chunks of national forest, a lot of times are where, you know, there's signs, there's parking areas, there's, you know, whatever, camping areas around, you, you know, th- things like that. Look for like the broken up. Checkerboarded, if you will, Um you know, pieces of like on the fringes, if, if you know what I mean, like the edges of the big block where stuff starts to get broken up. And like, there's a little bit of private intermixed with public. You might run into like local, you know, surrounding property owner pressure, but there's a good chance to Jeff's point. There's not like a, you know, a sign there saying parking area, public hunting, public land. You know, it's like the only way to know that that's public land is to use a tool like Onyx, like Hunt Stand, or to get on like the county uh, tax maps, the GIS maps, and start poking around at blocks of property and see who owns them. And then, you know, you can kind of get a sense of, uh, I can go here. I can't go there that, you know, things like hunt stand and Onyx make it easy because uh, a lot of times you can color code that stuff or they color code that stuff, you know, as a layer for you. And so you could, you know, it makes it a little easier to identify those those blocks. But a lot of times I think that stuff gets overlooked because it's not, you know, this big, huge chunk. I can go wherever I want. I don't have to worry about the boundaries sort of thing you know people like me included right i don't want to have to worry about like oh am i on the neighbor's property where's the line at but i mean just given the fact of where our cabin's at that's a lot of what we actually end up hunting you know it's not like big tens of thousands of uh, tens of thousands of acre chunks of, of national forest. It's, you know, a couple hundred acres here. And then, you know, there's some, uh, some, uh, wow, blank, some private, you know, I'm thinking of one example where like you, you got to drive clear up and around to kind of get to the public access. And then you can more or less walk the Ridge all the way out as, as public land but all of the the property that falls down off of there toward the roads all of that is private so it's a little bit of a mixture of it's a smaller blunk- block of national forest you've only got one well i guess two two access points one, you're sort of at the top of the hill, kind of walking out the ridge and down. You know, it's a it's a big ridge. It runs a long way. And then there's finger ridges that come off of it. The ridgetop is public. All of the property that that sort of goes down and connects to the roads around this, you know, this big ridge system is private. Except for one area, which, you know, there again, there's no signs down there that. It's public land, there's no parking area, you know, there there's an old house back in there. So you you wouldn't think, oh, this is this is public, you know, but it sure enough is. So I guess I say all that to to just say look for that kind of scenario, right? Where it, it's it's less you're not gonna drive around and see it you're not going to see signs you're not going to see parking areas or pull-off areas but based on the maps sure enough this is public land right here anything else there jeff
2: yeah i got a couple more tips um another good tip is don't be afraid to hunt areas that are I'm trying to describe, you know, small, if you will. Um, a lot of public land has, you know, it might be 500 acres, you know, one big parcel. And then, like, a t- tiny little corner is on the other side of the road. Or, oh, right. you know, like a real small section is uh, across the river, you know. Don't be afraid to hunt those areas because those areas really no one, very rarely are people going in those areas.
1: That's a, that's a good tip. Yeah, I didn't think of that one, but that's a good tip. Yeah. Especially if, like, in a, I'm thinking of a scenario where there is maybe a parking area, and but, you know, 99% of the land is, whatever, north of the parking area, and there's this little block behind you you know 99% of people are going to head into the big you know like you said 500 acres whatever 100 acres they're they're all going to head that way and try to find a spot totally ignoring the little piece behind you if you will that's a that's a good one
2: right right um and yeah I've utilized this one before um and you know this one works for basically no matter what you're hunting Um, I've you know I've utilized it pretty successfully hunting squirrels you know I have hunted on a public hunting area that was very heavily pressured and only squirrels you could find were red squirrels which are you know hardly worth shooting I'm not talking fox squirrels I'm talking you know some people call them pine squirrels but they're red squirrels
1: right
2: um you know that's all you can find which are hardly worth shooting i found a little chunk you know probably not even four acres you know that was across the creek and right where you had to cross the creek was deep you know to get to this little chunk so basically what you had to do was go down the creek cross and then and walk like along the creek edge to this little chunk, mm-hmm. and I had a blast shooting the squirrels over there. You know, they didn't know what hit them.
0: <laughs>
2: you know, it was I'm I'm supposed to be safe over here, right? Yeah, you know. So, and uh, with deer hunting, we've had uh, similar experiences. Um, You know, one of the drives we do is a tiny little chunk of woods. You know, it's basically just a hillside that is visible to the road. And it's not even a big hillside. I mean, the whole time you're doing it, you can basically see the road. Yeah. And we have and do kick deer off that that drive.
1: Yeah, Uh, if it's the one I'm. If I'm thinking of the one you're talking about, there's a there's enough of it that sort of rolls up and out of sight from the road, that when deer have been pushed around everywhere else, they kind of will find this little section that people are ignoring. You know, again, going back to that like, you know, that theme of overlooked spots. Right? They'll they'll lay up there where they're out of sight of the road. And nobody's really bothering them because like, well, it's just, you know, it's not even worth getting out of the truck sort of thing.
2: Right. Um, And I can think of another area where it's a big chunk of national forest and this area gets, you know, deer drives constantly. It gets a lot of pressure from deer drives. You know, at least one to two groups is driving it per day. And across the street from where basically everyone ends the deer drive. is just a little corner of National Forest. And I can't count how many times we've been driving the road and there's deer standing in that little corner of National Forest because they get kicked out of the deer drive go across the road, and then no one bothers them over there. Like, that's, you know, there's no human scent. No one goes up there.
1: Right. Yeah, and some of that, like, there's no way to know that from, from like, looking at a map. I guess you could, like, find these little triangles of, of overlooked area. Some of that's just going to come from, <clears throat> like, trying it experience. And a lot of this, you know, you've heard us talk. I think Jeff talks about it. Most is like kind of hunting the other hunters in a sense. And, and, you know, not actually hunting them, but like, what are the other hunters doing? Where are they going? Where are other people doing deer drives, especially when you get into those high pressure times, like the week of gun season, figure out those sort of high traffic areas and it it will push deer into places that, uh, you know, they may not be any other time of the year or push places into, push deer into places that it doesn't really make sense for them to be there. But it does, if you think about it in that, you know, maybe there's no food or, or water in there, but they've got the security cover and, and it may not even necessarily be security cover. It may just, you know, meaning it's not a thick, nasty, brushy mess, but it keeps them out of view of people. You know, so again, going back to that one example, it's a little chunk of national forest, but there's enough roll in that hill to where they can get up on top or, or just over the top there and it keeps him out of view of it's it's wide open up there see a long way but you can't see him from the road and it's a little piece nobody's really bothering with it and so they you know they get some seclusion some cover in there so yeah i guess uh i guess that's where i was going with that is you know some yeah. of it's just going to come from trying, experience.
2: Yeah. If you're trying to avoid people, like, especially during gun season, um, driving deer, hunt somewhere where you can't walk through, you know, like, by nature, driving deer, you want to start at one end of the woods and walk to the other end of the woods. Right. Right. And then basically the other end of the woods be, you know, basically by our access point. Yep. You know, if it's a chunk of woods that only has one access point and it's in the front, you know, people aren't going to, you know, if it's sort of like bowling alley shaped, if you will, where, you know, there's not much frontage, so you can't push it side to side. and you know the only way to access is from one end people aren't going to drive that because the you know there is no way to drive it really because you would be pushing the deer going on your way in and then when would you yeah it just doesn't work for driving deer yeah so if you want to avoid people driving deer do that um also like little corners that kind of come off you know like because a lot of public you know public land doesn't have these straight borders you know it's there can be a little rectangle you know five acre chunk that juts out this side well people aren't gonna really walk in there doing a deer drive because they can't push those deer where they want to push those deer right And a lot of people who are driving deer don't want to push deer to anyone but their party. You know, they're not they're not trying to just blow up the woods. They're trying to strategically push these deer in a specific direction. Yeah. You know, so that's a good way to try to find a spot where you can avoid people doing deer drives.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good tip, too, because, you know, you got to kind of got to think, like, if I was going to do a deer drive on here, how would I do it? And if you can't come up with a good way, then maybe that's a good spot to hunt. If, you know, if you don't want a group of people doing deer drives coming through your, your you know, your spot, or, you know, if I was going to do it, would I send, you know, or, you know, is somebody likely to walk through like jeff said this little corner and maybe it you know because let's be honest most times doing a deer drive you're going to walk the ridge top you're going to walk you know the easy route if you will right because you're doing a lot of walking that day so most guys i think probably walk the easy route so if there's a a little corner that you know drops off down the hill or you know goes up and over. a lot of times those just get walked past with the deer drive. So those can be good areas even if they're not far from the road where you know you're not gonna have somebody walk right through you know the middle of your hunt basically.
2: Yeah <clears throat> uh, Another tip I have is utilize, land that is basically specifically designed for a different species than you're going after. You know, uh, if you're hunting ducks and, you know, there just happens to be a little, little pond, you know, way out in this chunk of timber, you know, maybe try to hunt that that pond because there's probably not many duck hunters that are going there um and vice versa if you're trying to hunt deer maybe you go to the marsh and you know go to little islands of timber out in in the marsh and hunt those because they're not getting much you know while they while the area might be getting a lot of hunting pressure it's not getting hunting pressure for the thing that you're going after
1: yeah that's a that's a that's um, uh, another good one that I like be, because, yeah. you know, maybe to put that another way, if it looks like a great duck hunting spot, you're not the only one that's found that, and it's on public land, you're not the only one that's found that spot, right? Or if it looks like a good deer hunting spot, and, you know, we're in Ohio— Eastern hardwoods, you know, the you know, intermixed with ag, and you know, so most of the state is is pretty good deer hunting spot. But you know, if you just like, it just looks right, you know, it's got the oaks, it's got the you know, the sign. You know, you're not it's the next, only
2: next to a cornfield, right, I know. right? Because yeah. that, I mean, that's when things start to get silly. Is you got like public land that's next to an ag field. And you basically walk the, you know, just inside the woods next to that ag field and it's like, oh, there's a tree stand literally every 20 feet. Yeah. Like the deer cannot access this field from this direction without going past one of these stands.
1: Right. Yeah. So you're not the only one that's found it. And, you know, I mean, it's just it's Ohio. It's not. Idaho, you know, I mean, like, you, you it's n- nothing on public is, you know, if it's that good, it is still hidden, I, I don't think, and <clears throat> so those, you know, to Jeff's point, sort of flipping them, you might have some success, you know, you might get pressure from not pressure, but like, you know, you're going to have a guy walking through in camo with a bow to a deer stand if you're sitting there on a duck hunt, you know, and there might be a little bit of that, you know, that guy's trying to bow hunt and you're out there blasting away at ducks, you know, but that's public land. You know, if you were there first, you were there first and so be it.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I haven't, witness this firsthand uh, um but you know i've i've heard the the gas station stories if you will the sporting goods stories of oh i was you know in the duck marsh and duck hunting and you know a, a deer walked right up to me as you know as i'm shooting ducks right you know just because they've been conditioned that you're not a threat to them
1: yeah yeah, so got any more tips, Jeff? You got a lot of good ones today.
2: I uh, I think that that was all the ones I had thought of beforehand. Okay. You know, just uh, I mean, and I I think the the moral of the story is sort of be cre- creative and don't be afraid to just try something that's a little a little wacky versus going farther deeper you know maybe just try something where it's like no one in their right mind would really try this
1: yeah yeah, yeah. no <clears throat> yeah if it's something that you you know if you were going to tell your buddies you're doing it and you, you'd be afraid they were going to laugh at you like really dude it might be worth checking out
2: yeah well like because uh, another one i can think of is you know they the state plants Dove fields and fields that are upland habitat for, you know, uh, doves and pheasant. And, you know, some of those have sunflower seeds or milo planted in them or buckwheat, which is all things that deer will eat also. And, yeah, those areas are probably hit pretty hard by hunters of those specific species. At certain times of the year, when that honey pressure kind of fades away, you know, the food source is still there. And, you know, not many people think, oh, I'm going to go, you know, hunt the pheasant field for a right. deer. You know, I'm going to go sit on the edge of it to see if a deer walks out to eat.
1: Yeah. So... I think that's uh, probably a good place to wrap it up. If you have any other tips that uh, we didn't cover, and I guess that you're willing to share, <laughs> let us know, and and uh, you know yeah. we'd be happy to to share them with the rest of the audience. So we can all become better hunters. Uh, but with that,
2: because yeah. I I have one one spot that I intentionally didn't mention the features of it. Because if you used a a mapping tool, you could probably find it fairly easy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'll I'll be updating you guys this fall if uh, if that strategy works. Okay. So I do have a top secret spot, and we'll we'll see what happens.
1: So if it works we probably won't hear (laughs) enough we probably won't hear an update if it doesn't work you'll tell us all uh, about it you'll
2: you'll see me shooting a big giant buck Uh, okay that's how that's how you'll know i'll be (laughs) i'll have a big giant buck if it doesn't work then i'll tell you exactly where the spot is and okay tell you to go try it out
1: yeah all right so that's it for this week Hopefully there was something in there that uh, helps you out or gives you some idea for this fall. Hopefully it gets you into some unpressured public lands and, you know, helps you have a good, uh, a good hunting season. So if there's anything that uh, you found helpful in this episode, I'm going to ask you a favor. Share it with your friends, share it on your social media page. Just tell people about it. Try to get the information out and help other people. So with that, I'm going to sign off. And uh, as always, thank you all for listening. Continuing to share and subscribe means a lot to us. And good luck with the rest of your summer, whatever whatever that may bring. And uh, fall hunting season will be right around the corner. So with that, we'll talk to everybody next week. Thanks for listening.